good morning. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from the Catholic Journey. It's a happy Monday, I hope, for many of you. And it's uh, December 23rd, and it's just two days before Christmas. So I would just assume that many of you are at work, but what's on your mind for many of you will be Christmas, upcoming Christmas time. We're just about finishing the Advent season, and Christmas will be upon us before we know it. Well, I'm sitting in the Catholic Journey recording studios, and I have a big window in front of me, and surrounded uh, um, on either side are many of uh, these, uh, what do you call them? I guess they're canvas prints, and they're pictures of, uh, of different places and people in Guatemala. And uh, one of the reasons that they are here in the studio is that they are a constant reminder for me of the experiences that Liz and I had when we were in Guatemala, some of the summers that we would go there, and also when we were full-time missionaries there, and just really the true humility of the people, the kindness of the people. And uh, we learned so much uh, during our time about uh, just friendship and life and and uh, so these canvas prints that surround me are a constant reminder of, of those relationships and those things that we've learned. Uh, we also had a, a great experience recently. Uh, Father Victor, who is the pastor of the uh, church in San Lucas Talamon, uh, he's a Guatemalan, and uh, he was able to come out to the United States and specifically to California and to our parish, St. Anthony Parish, uh, for two weeks. So we had him for two weeks. Now that was really quite interesting because Father Victor doesn't speak English and our parish is 100% English speaking. <laughs> so, um, you know, the life of a priest, they don't, uh, they don't just uh, do the sacraments and celebrate Mass. Um, when they're when they're working and they stop when they're on vacation, it, it is you know at the core of who they are. So even when they're on vacation, taking some time off, some respite, they still live the life of a priest. And so Father Victor really wanted something to do on his time here of vacation. Um, and so we reached out to uh, to some of our friends that are pastors. And Father of Ram Brown has uh, St. Isidore Parish in Yuba City. And Father Jonathan Molina has uh, his parish in Woodland, California. And they are uh, very prominently Spanish-speaking communities. And we reached out to them and asked if they had a need uh, for a priest. And what do you think their response was? They jumped on it because <laughs> many of our priests are so overworked. You know, not not entirely across the entire world is there a shortage of priests. Um, not so in Guatemala, and not so in. Uh, I, I'm. I think I've heard there's an overabundance of the priests in India and Africa, um, but in the United States, we really have a vocation crisis. And if you talk to my friend uh, Father Memo, who is the director here in Sacramento, I think he would probably say the same thing. And um, I did, you know, he was over for dinner the other night uh, with Father Victor from Guatemala. And um, we were talking a little bit about the, you know, vocations, because that's what he does. That's what he lives is, is that's his full-time uh, uh, job. That's his full-time vocation is the being the vocation director. <laughs> But um, we were talking about it, and he says it really has to do with families and, and families really promoting, 
you know, um, the option for, for children to be priests and, and to have uh, families, mothers and fathers, fathers in particular, that uh, are really devoutly, fervently living uh, that good uh, Christian Catholic life. And that can be a role model for, uh, for their children to want to be, you know, priest. Father Victor was telling a story, and I love hearing his stories because he grew up uh, in, in, you know, North uh, Guatemala and uh, lived through a lot of the uh, civil wars and a lot of the hardships that were there. And, and, um, and he talks, you know, about what life was like. And anyway, he was at dinner, he was talking about his father and, and the example that his father was to him. And his father was a farmer, but he was also uh, the sacristan at the church. Um, you know, his job was to make sure that, that, the church uh, had its supplies and he would set up for mass and he was around very often at the church making their th- sure things were you know happening the way they should happen and and uh, father victor was describing him as just a very humble man that was completely devoted to uh, his faith and and to god and to christ and he was talking to his son one day and he was saying that uh you know, that, that he just wish he could do more. And his son, you know, Father Victor, <clears throat> who wasn't a priest at the time, was a young boy, was thinking, you know, that Father, gosh, you seem like you do it all. <laughs> and But yet you have this heart of wanting to do more. And he lived that life for, for you know, for many years. And and uh, his son uh, watched his father work, you know, hard and diligently in the fields, being a, a you know corn farmer, and then um, and then how hard and he worked at the church, and and just really what joy that brought him to be able to be, you know, such a devoted servant uh, to the people and to God. And then one day, um, this father was recalling this one day. When when uh, the father was talking to to Father Victor, and describing again that desire that he wished he could only do more, but he couldn't because <clears throat> to do more the next step would be is to be a priest, and you can't and you can't be a priest with the disciplines of the Catholic Church that. Um, you can't be a married man. You can't have kids. You can't have all these other obligations. But uh, so when when the father was saying he just really wished that he could do more, he then turned to the son and, and looking right at him said, "But you could do more. You you could do you could be a priest." And that set everything in motion. That at that point uh, that that desire uh, was really brought to light. Um, in the heart of Father Victor. And then he went on and on. He told about all the stories, that, that the things that had to happen for him to become, you know, a priest. And, you know, the Civil War was going on and and priests, you know, were being murdered and, and singled out. And, and he had to be, um, you know, really kind of escorted undercover um, to go to his classes. And it was just an amazing story that he told. And just one, one of many and um, I just thought that was just very inspirational about just the faith uh, 
and Christ. Well, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, just Christmas time and and the thankfulness that we have in preparing ourselves, you know, for Christ. I had this opportunity the other day. I um, I think many of you know I I have I have lots of brothers. <laughs> I have five brothers. Uh, three older and two younger, and and the eldest brother Kevin is a very generous man, and and uh, he's a season ticket holder for um for the San Francisco 49ers and has these just these remarkable seats, uh, you know, right off the 30 yard line and just uh, one level up. Um, which is nice. You don't want to be down, you know, on the field because you can't see as well. So it's one level up, which is really nice. And it's right next to a balcony and it's in this disabled, it's really for the, it's in a disabled kind of seating area. So the seats are not mounted to the floor. There's there these really nice padded kind of folding chairs. But the nice thing is, is that there's no designated place for these seats really that you can move them around where you like. And so, gosh, it's the most spacious sitting area that I've ever experienced. (laughs) And these are his, uh, these are his season tickets that he has. It's really quite remarkable. But with the generous heart that he has, uh, he has three, three seats. And so what he does is he, he really, he has offered those to his brothers to use two of the three and uh, so each game a different brother and his wife or, or, or a couple of brothers will go with him to the games and really um, be able to experience that time together not only is it fun watching you know the 49ers in their stadium and all the hoopla and everything that goes along with it but just spending time with each other you know as as adults you know in our 50s well, I'm going to say 50s and 60s, but I have a couple of brothers, I think, just at the tail end of 40s. So 40s, 50s, and early 60s, um, to be able to spend time together. You know, life can get so busy that uh, we don't spend much time together. So to have that opportunity to spend some quality time together was just quite remarkable. Well, I guess it was my turn last week, so I went with uh, uh, my brother Kevin, who has the tickets, and then my other brother Tim. And we went and watched the 49ers play the uh, Rams. And it was just a great, uh, great game uh, to watch in, t- in time together. But my, my brother Kevin was telling me this last week about um, when he takes Mike. Now, one of my brothers, Mike, uh, is disabled. Uh, he, he lost his leg, so he's got uh, an, an amputated leg. And, uh, and, he, and he does have a prosthetic that he wears. And it's quite remarkable, actually, the prosthetic. It's like a little computer. But um, but when you have to walk long distances, and, and uh, sometimes he'll take the wheelchair. But anyway, my brother Kevin was telling me about a couple of games prior when Mike was going with him, and they took the wheelchair. And he said he was really just really taken uh, off guard a little bit about when uh, how kind and generous people were when uh, they would see uh, Mike in his wheelchair and Kevin was pushing him and how they went out of their way to be helpful, to help clear paths. Some offered to, uh, to push. Um, I gave Kevin a hard time. I said, you must have looked like exhausted and that's why they were offering. <laughs> no, but, he, but anyway, it really caught him off guard and maybe it's because he lives, you know, right in the middle of Silicon Valley and, <laughs> 
I think of that place sometimes as just, you know, it's, it's, it's so affluent, much of it is, and, and, um, you know, a fast lifestyle, and people make tremendous amounts of money, and I just think of just self-centeredness and greed, and um, probably mistakenly in some regards, or true on some levels, but, um, but he was just talking about just how generous people were, how kind they were, how thoughtful they were, and when he was telling me that, I started just just pondering that a little bit and I thought you know where does that come from you know if you really think about it and this is kind of tying back into Christmas time now because we're uh, you know preparing for the returning of Christ Um, but if you think of you know what what is kindness what is love what is patience you know all those virtues what 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 are those things those things are God he, he is the creator of those things. And I think when we see that in other people, what we're actually really seeing is a reflection of God in those people. So when that person says those kind words or does that kind gesture, that selfless kind of act that they are, I think what we're seeing in them is God. And, and my question is, do we really realize that? When we see those kind things, are we recognizing and attributing those to God? And, and I think many of you are going to witness that with Christmas coming up. What, tomorrow is going to be Christmas Eve and then the next day Christmas. And, and I hope uh, the love of the season doesn't get lost in, in the busyness. I know how so many people can focus on the food and the gathering and having the house just right for when the company comes over and then the giving of the gifts. And I hope people haven't overcharged or overspent um, because it's not the it's not the cost of the gift as much as it is really just the thought and I think we all know that but then we let culture and those these marketers are just uh, um, just marvelous in in getting us to think that we need to buy so many things and give so much um, and uh, but anyway so when when you do see those acts of kindness or or you see yourself doing something that you wouldn't normally do but you're doing it in love i think it's really important for us to realize that that is our connection with christ that's our connection with god that's really giving us an opportunity to see how the holy spirit and god dwells within us the same way that it dwells within the others so when you see that person do that kind thing over these next couple of days take a step back and just ponder the idea that that god has revealed himself in just that little tiny way to you and that you're seeing a reflection of really who god is in those acts well, gosh, there's so much more we could talk about in regards to uh, the upcoming uh, Christmas time and and uh, the revelation of, of Christ to the world, not only in his birth, uh, his in his incarnation, but also um, in anticipation for when he does come back um, for the end of time, as end of time as we know it anyway. Well, I won't be uh, talking to you until after Christmas time. But I do wish uh, that you have a wonderful Christmas, that you have an opportunity to spend it with your family, and that you do have an opportunity to see Christ in them and see how Christ dwells in so many of us. And uh, I pray that we can nurture that relationship and uh, that uh, his love can blossom within us. Well, have a uh, merry, merry Christmas. 
and a happy new year. And uh, from all of us coming to you, um, united in our faith, I just hope you have a blessed, blessed time. God bless. May God forever keep you.